Welcome to another Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're six days away from the big game. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. Mm-hmm. Also, too, you can watch any of our other five live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you happen to miss them, that's okay. First of all, shame on you. But mm-hmm. on the back end, you can listen and watch them uh, on our archive show section, and you can watch them and listen to them at any time at your own leisure. Make sure you also follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio uh, version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We know I'm Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you want to uh, comment on any of our topics during today's two-hour extravaganza, you can do so by going to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or on Sports on Chicago on YouTube, typing your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to do something stupid, decide to troll, or just plain old act a fool, Lakina will politely give you the beer lay beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when I say that. <laughs> Lakina, how was your weekend without uh, NFL football? Oh, it was a bit. Well, I caught up on a lot of you know cleaning and things like that, and errands and such. So yeah, it was actually I miss football, but I know there's a reason why you asked me that. So go ahead. <laughs> uh, it was a struggle for yours truly. Like I said at the top, we have we are six days away before the big game um, between the Bengals and the Rams. And hello to you, Armando. Uh, hey, nice Armando. to see you back. Glad you're feeling better. Glad you're feeling better. Yay. Lakina, it was a struggle for yours truly this weekend. I did watch one college basketball game. I did watch a couple of NBA games. We'll get to the NBA in college later on the show. Mm-hmm. But it was a YouTube weekend for yours truly because it was Pro Bowl weekend, which the uh, the event, I'm using air quotes yeah. here, the event took place uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada yesterday. I don't know who won that game, and I don't care. <laughs> the NHL also had his all-star weekend. Congratulations to Alex to bring it the only uh, Chicago Yay. Blackhawks player to uh, make the all-star team. But <sighs> Lakina, mm-hmm. there's there's always been a debate on sports talk radio, whether it's in your local markets or nationally, which is the worst all-star game among the four major sports. Of course, you have the Pro Bowl for the NFL, right? the NHL, uh-huh. the NBA, which everybody wants to piss on. Because yeah. Ma- Larry, Magic, and Michael are not there. It's been 30 years, folks. They're not coming back. Get over it. Get over it, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then he had the baseball all-star game. I know uh, MLB Commissioner Rod Manfred changed the rule a couple years ago to say that uh, he went back and said this is an exhibition. I'm glad he did that. That's the only thing he's gotten right thus far. It's good because uh, what Fox TV did, which started here in Chicago and on the south side back in 2003, of mm-hmm. course, w- whichever team won the game, had uh, uh, 
uh, that league from that team had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It was a sham from the start, and I right. hated it with with a passion. Even though it did benefit the White Sox in 2005, there was they were a great team anyway, whether they had a home field or not. But uh, th- that was th- that was a, sh- a sham, and I'm glad Ryan Manfred changed it back. Lakina, uh, let's let's we'll start with the Pro Bowl. I didn't watch the game yesterday, but I did see the highlights. We all know that there's special rules for this game. There's no tackling. There's no blitzing. You could chase the quarterback as soon as he gets out the pocket, but it it was terrible yesterday. And I, 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 Mm -hmm. we talked about this before we went on air today. Uh, the, uh, thank you, Armando. The NFL is the worst. Is patty cake football? Yes. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> we might as well be playing yeah. San Seven Tag, which you yes. uh, told me. I said it, it's unbelievable. And I saw the play where Stefan Diggs scored the touchdown for the ASCT down the goal line. Mm-hmm. When they snapped the ball, the defensive players just stood up with their hands up like this, like they were being uh, patted down by the cops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's sort of one of those things where I, I watched a little bit of the Pro Bowl. I mean, this you know, it was just like they did. They made like a little like pinky promise, I guess. You know, it was not gonna be like any hard tackling because you know they they don't want guys to get injured, and I get that. But look, we might also, you might as well just do away with it, just do like a seven on seven South flag football. You might as well do it that way if you're gonna do you know have like these type of things where you're gonna you know, have your know, promises and, and these type of things. And look, I, I get it. You know. Yeah, there have been a couple of times when guys have gotten hurt during the Pro Bowl, and, and I get it. You know, that's why they do that. But, okay, you know, make it fun. Make it, you know, don't make it total like football. You know, do like a seven-on-seven, seven, you know, do a flag thing. And I think people will like, would have loved that because, you know, it's actually what it is. So, and, you know, people wouldn't have minded it. Uh, I caught the end of, of Sean and Maya in the morning t- uh, today, which uh, which we precede that show. You can listen mm-hmm. to it every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to noon Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago. And I thought that, uh, it was Sean, Ivan, and Jason Palmer. You could catch tonight on What's Up Custom, 6 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time right here mm-hmm. on Sports on Chicago. And they were talking about the, the um, uh, you could actually play the actual Pro Bowl on Madden, which, you know, eSports has taken off. Video games have taken off. With that culture over the last several years, you actually played the Pro Bowl on Madden. You can change all the settings. You can do what you want, mm-hmm. and you can let it fly. But looking, you know, I think we talked about this before. Remember, uh, they used to do the. I know they kind of brought it back now, but remember the old NFL quarterback challenge from back in the eighties, nineties, oh, and early two thousands. Oh yes, Oh, oh, that was like someone. A couple people were talking about that. You know, why don't they just bring that back? I mean, yes. I, know they, I know they had a skills competition like a couple of days before, which was pretty fun. It looked pretty cool, but. You know, why not bring that back? You know, the NFL mm-hmm. quarterback challenge. I mean, you saw some really, you know, great. You know, and you could bring in, you know, the wide receivers and the running backs, do some stuff for the defense because you know they, they don't want to feel left out and special teams mm-hmm. guys too. So yeah, well, just do like a whole weekend of it. You know, have the skills. You can have the Monday night Monday night guys do the call, all those things, and you know, make it fun. You know, don't try to you know push this Pro Bowl. You can still do the Pro Bowl. You know, name guys to the Pro Bowl because it is, it is an honor. It's, it's very, it is very mm-hmm. honorable to make the Pro Bowl. But you know, instead of the game, you know, like you said, you know, do seven out of seven flag football, do like a skills competition. I've heard some people say do like a like a rock and jock, you know, do like maybe a rock and jock kind of thing, you know. That's a great idea. Remember the uh, well, the, uh, for those of you that are younger than us, remember the, uh, the MTV had the rock and jock basketball uh, jam back in the day. They did it for a few seasons back in the early to mid nineties on MTV. Of course, the NBA did not sponsor that, but it was an MTV event, and you saw all the uh, the. Uh, the best NBA up and coming players in that tournament. You saw all the celebrities in there as well. You could you could do something like that. Uh, just have a flag football tournament uh, with that. I can see them doing that uh, with the, the skills 
uh, with the quarterback's uh, skills competition, mm -hmm. you can have a track meet of a race contest between the uh, defensive backs and the wide receivers, have them race from one end zone to another or have them yeah. race from one end zone to, to midfield. midfield. And then you can have sort of a, like you said, a rocket jock football style. That will be great. That definitely will, will replace the Pro Bowl, yeah, the actual like Pro Bowl game. Yeah, you can make it safe. You know, I'm not sure. Unlike the NBA, the NFL probably wouldn't mind it because I think you know they could probably help sponsor it and such. And mm -hmm. they'll bring in you know you can bring in some celebrities. You know, we can bring in like the rap, like rappers and musicians and actors. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, get them as part of the fun. Whatever, wherever you get the Pro Bowl, whether it's you know we'll we'll you know we probably won't get into the stuff that happened in Las Vegas. Maybe put it back in like Los Angeles or you know mm -hmm. eventually you know get it back into Hawaii and and maybe you know down in South Florida. But yeah, I think this whole thing about I know they changed it for the NBA. I know you know the NBA did a nice, you know, commendable thing. They changed the All Star MVP to now it's the Kobe Bryant MVP trophy. Mm -hmm. So that's very commendable. Uh, the NHL, I mean, I know they changed it. They kind of did like the whole regional thing, you know, with they had the four regions of the, you know, the, of the, uh, I guess the oh, their divisions, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, four divisions representing. So you know, had that type of, you know, they they that, that was actually okay, you know, and the bracket kind of helped out in that front. But yeah, I mean, you know, the these also guys are already supposed to be taken seriously anyway. So why, you know, let, let's not try to make this like a tackle. If you go know, do seven on seven, like I said, do the rock and jock, you know, get some skills up for, you know, all the position players and such, just you know, so that nobody will feel left out. Dude, they name, you know, you can, look, he's still named guys to the pro, but just change the way, you know, things, you know, how mm -hmm. you, you make it, you know, sort of like have a whole weekend of it. Remember uh, the world's strongest man competition back in the day, mm -hmm. Lakina. ABC mm -hmm. is wild, uh, wide world of sports, and yep. they had the strongest man competition to do the most uh, um, lifts. Yep. you could do that for the defensive players. Yep, yeah, oh yeah, you I'm could sure do they that. Love that. Oh, they yeah. love that. Yeah, or I'm trying to think, like maybe you know, guess that I'm trying to think, like what else can they? Maybe have like you know, like I said, the other day for the defensive guys, like they did. I think they did that too for a little bit. You know, Battle of the Network Stars, and I think all those, you know, all those things they did kind of like a similar type of thing. Yeah, just just kind of change up for a little bit. If you don't want to do like the football thing, where you don't want to, you don't want the guys get hurt, you know, whatever. But you know, like I said, do like a flag football, do like a strength, you know, strength and conditioning competition. You know, maybe do uh, you know, target, you know, targets. You know, guys can hit, you know, the quarterbacks hit targets. You know, have guys. You know, wide receivers. If you got, you have guys from the same team. You have that be teams and such, or have have it from like you know the same divisions and whatnot. If that's not the case, so yeah, there, there are like many, many, many ways that can you know make this a little bit more exciting than that that, that little whatever that is we saw yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you listen to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Celia Kenna here with you. We're talking to you about what out of the four major sports, which is the worst All Star game? MLB. NHL, NBA, or NFL? If I repeated one of those leagues, I apologize. Lakina, like, let's get to the NHL. Like I said, I don't know who won, and I don't care. And I knew what was going on. I did not watch a single second of it. Uh, I have, uh, to be honest with you, Lakina, like, I have not watched the All-Star game since the pre-lockout year in 2005, in which mm -hmm. the game was on free TV back on ABC back in those days. So that's when ESPN and ABC had the package the first time. Mm -hmm. Lakina, like, the last NHL all-Star game that I actually gave a damn about. It was in the mid to late 90s when Fox had it on mm -hmm. a Saturday night. And yeah. during those couple of years, the first couple of years of, of that All-Star game, which was on Fox, they had the USA versus the world. Of course, they were trying to yes. promote uh, the NHL players playing in the Winter Olympics, which ended up happening. It's not going on this year. But 
that's when the all-star game was interesting for me as far as hockey is concerned. That's been almost 25 plus years, almost 30 years now. Mm. And they haven't improved that since I know you mentioned a new format, which they introduced a couple years ago, each division playing yes. a separate game where uh, in the first two periods, whoever won the first uh, the game in the first period, whoever won the game in the second period, they face off each other in the third period, which is not bad, but it's just that hockey to me is the worst all-star game. Uh, I, I felt that way, but after what I saw the, uh, in the Pro Bowl highlights from yesterday, they're uh, tied, to be honest with you. It's a, flip, a coin flip, uh, which is mm. the worst between those two, the NFL, the NHL. Yeah, it was, and, you know, it's sort of one of those things where I, I see why they did that to kind of, like, you know, spread it out. They did the U.S. versus the world, and they, people thought that maybe mm-hmm. the world would have a bigger advantage. That's probably why they did the four-division thing. But, yeah, I, I mean, it was just, you know, they weren't really hitting much too much either in, in, in the NHL mm-hmm. All-Star game. And it, it looked sort of, you know, it, it felt kind of weird. Look, I, I actually wouldn't mind a Legends game. I know, um, I think Mark Messier said, uh, of course, you know, he does great work for ESPN. Uh, do, you know, maybe, like, do sort of like a similar type, you know, have a Legends game or maybe like a Futures game or something like that, you know, Maybe use other rules that way we can prevent injury and such. But yeah, I think if you want to make it interesting, you know, for the NHL, I don't know what the I don't think the Raiders are very good for the All Star you know game you know on Saturday for because it was in the afternoon too, so yeah, you know, they were up against some pretty tough competition. But you know, the, the NHL I think is it's gone through a lot you know with COVID and guys not being able to go to the Olympics and such, and you know nobody cares about you know the men's hockey. You know, Avi, but you know, since there are no NHL players, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, the, the All Star. I mean, look, I think, look, it's okay. It's good to have All Star, you know, games, which is great. But let let's try to make it sort of like make it fun for the fans and for the players, because that's what really basically what it is. It's basically just a break. You don't have to play hard. I know the NBA made some changes. I know MLB, mm-hmm. you know, did away with the whole you know winner gets home field and such. But you know, you could kind of change it up. I mean, this is what all-star games are supposed to be. They're supposed to be like all-star games, you know. You're mm-hmm. honoring the all-stars. You know, they're voted on by the fans and for, you know, by the coaches and managers and whatnot. So I would say maybe just try to maybe like don't take it too seriously. It's not supposed to be serious. So, you know, maybe for more for bragging rights and such. But, you know, don't take it seriously. And I think that's probably why they tried to do that with the with uh, with the uh, MLB a few years back. Glad they did away with that. So this is what – all-star games mm-hmm. are supposed to be fun. Come on. I agree with you. And with MLB, Lakina, I'm glad, they, as I mentioned before, they got away with their this time it counts BS. I know Fox was a, behind it because they they still broadcast All-Star Game. Now they paid a lot of money to air MLB baseball on their channel. But remember, Lakina, be pre-1995, uh-huh. uh, before interleague play. I think mm-hmm. interleague play was in 97. But those All-Star Games used to be fun because you didn't – See opposite teams in the AL and the NL matchup outside of the World Series because, uh, like I said, they changed in '97. But those All Star games were fun. They mm-hmm. were still fun uh, when interleague play came in. I, I know some people, some older historians, want to blame uh, the assertion that interleague played the, uh, for a while. There was a, uh, a reason why that the MLB All Star games mm-hmm. wasn't as special as it was pre 1997 when interleague play entered the fray. But those all-star games, even the first few years of NLA play, were still fun. I still remember Larry Walker. He was with Colorado mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, by the way, in 97 in Cleveland. Uh, he had his uh, helmet turned backwards, uh, facing off against Randy Johnson of yeah, Seattle. That, that yeah. was still a great moment. Of course, 1993, John Krug of Philadelphia. Uh, he embarrasses himself by swinging all the fastballs from Randy Johnson from Seattle once again in Baltimore in 93. Those were some great moments, but 
those players care. I'm not saying the players today don't care, but you still had great moments in what what happened with the uh, with the MLB changing its rule at the time to this time it counts is that all the uh, all the players uh, uh, played uh, in that All Star game in Milwaukee in 2002. Of course, Buck Seal was famous for saying that with a shrug, saying that all the managers uh, ran out of players to play in and they had to call the game at the time. That's what that rule came about. But I I just can't get it out of my mind, Lakina, from what I saw yesterday with the NFL. Uh, as of right now, they, they're mm-hmm. the worst all-star game, to be honest with you. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, Lakina, I never watched a full Pro Bowl from start to finish, even during those years when they had uh, when they had the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl, because yeah. you're checked out. Yep. Oh, you're yeah. checked out. Of course, that's changed now. It's between the conference championship and the Super Bowl, but... Even when it was uh, uh, after the season, you tired out. The season is over. No one cared. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one. Of, yeah, I'm glad, and I'm glad she glad that they you know they changed up so that they could kind of fill that gap between mm-hmm. now that it's two weeks you know between the conference championships and the Super Bowl. You let the Pro Bowl in to get that in and then such. You know, maybe guys. Yeah, look, I'm sure there's still guys that want to play, that want to be there. But mm-hmm. if you're not gonna do like go full on, I would say just you know do away with it. Just do like a seven on seven. Do. You know, maybe a bragging rights type of thing. You'll do a rock and jock style. You'll have some points, you know, for maybe two points for kicking, you know, extra points of, you know, one. Or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, if a defend, a defender, you know, or to, to, uh, an interception or whatever, you know, have them, you know, make, make that 10 points or something like that. You know, get some incentives. You know, get like, you know, maybe put some incentives in so that, you know, guys can get, you know, that might go to charity or their favorite charities mm-hmm. and whatnot. So make it exciting, make it, you know, make it everyone benefits, you know, not just the players, but the fans as well. And also do the TV people will probably be happy about it too. Exactly. I know we have a few minutes left before we break for the bottom of the hour. I want to go to the NBA. Of course, um, those people have said uh, the NBA all-star game, it, it, uh, it hasn't been competitive in years and uh, it's unwatchable. Those are the people who hate the NBA. As we said at the top of the show, they wish that Larry Magic and Michael could come back. They're not coming back, folks. That's what YouTube's for. Go look mm-hmm. at it if you want those three, watch those three guys, okay? Get over it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I know that the tw- uh, uh, we talked about it at the time, like, you know, the 2017 all-star game in New Orleans when Anthony Davis won the MVP. He was a member of the Pelicans at the time. There was no defense in that game. Uh, uh, as Stephen A. Smith famously said, those guys took the whole weekend off. Uh, they didn't even act like they wanted to compete out there. We understand it's an exhibition. You're going to have some funny moments, but there was no defense being played. And I, I know people want to complain about the All-Star game the year before, and that was Kobe, the, I hate to say, the, the now late Kobe Bryant's last All-Star game that was in Toronto. I was mm-hmm. actually cheering at that time because the West was trying to go for 200 points. It, it still never happened before a team scored 200 points in the All-Star game. But what happened the year later in New Orleans in 2017? That was now that was ridiculous, and they you know they changed some of the rules. It's not it's not East versus West anymore. It's whoever's the two uh, captains. Uh, of course, yeah, yeah uh, it, it was Team LeBron versus Team Durant, which it is now. And so, uh, and you you have seen some competitive All Star games uh, for the last few years. So I'm I'm happy for that. But uh, even though I sound biased, this. The, the NBA All-Star game has always been the best for me. Of course, we all know that the All-Star weekends uh, All-Star weekends uh, uh, have changed over the years. Uh, it's gotten better as, ever since the NBA introduced them back in the mid-'80s. So uh, the NBA All-Star game is the best for me. The worst right now is the NFL. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, and like I said before, I think, like, you know, don't make it a waste. You know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, bring it up so that maybe – 
make it exciting for folks that guys want to be there. And it looks like guys didn't want to be there because they didn't want to get hurt. And I get it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would say maybe just like I said before, you know, change it up a bit, you know, make it fun, you know, do seven on seven, you know, flag football. And, and look, you probably, people might actually enjoy it. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the Pro Bowl if they're going to make any changes anytime soon. The NHL, well, they're they're lost in the abyss. And <laughs> like I said, the NBA All Star Game is coming up in 13 days from Cleveland. Uh, of course, we'll get more in deep into that as we get closer to that uh, weekend. Of course, Major League Baseball they still have their own issues. Hopefully, they get the season started on time because they're in a lockout right now. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. And we'll uh, if you. If you have a comment or a question about which is the worst all-star game, all the four major sports, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Uh, place your vote in the comment section. We can't wait to get them up on the screen for you. We have to break for the bottom of the hour. When we return, we'll get into some basketball, the best and worst from the National Basketball Association over the weekend. The trade deadline is coming up Thursday. Will we see any big moves? And the Chicago Bulls, they – Lose again to the Philadelphia 76ers. Are you panicking as a Bulls fan or are you just saying to yourself, let's stay the course and let's get to the all-star break in one piece? Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In a matchup of two of the top teams in the NBA's Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Bulls on Sunday, 119 to 108 the final. Chicago drops to 33 and 20, their half game out of first place in the East. DeMar DeRozan with a career best 45 points, he added nine rebounds and seven assists. Nikola Vukovic with 23 points. Joel Embiid led the way for the Sixers, 40 points, 10 rebounds. Philadelphia is a game and a half out of first. The Bulls right back at it tonight, seven o'clock tip off at United Center against Phoenix. The Suns lead the Western Conference by two and a half games over Golden State. The second half of the NHL season starts on Wednesday for the Blackhawks when they visit Edmonton. Chicago went into the break winless in three. New Bears head coach Matt Eberflus rounding out his coaching staff. Richard Hightower announced as special teams coordinator on Sunday. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey team, it's a full house. We gotta pick up the pace. At Hank's restaurant, the line goes around the block. Is this for 12? Okay, I need the truffle oil drizzle. What he needs is another line cook. Oh man, are the quail breasts still in the sous vide? Dave, can you keep an eye on that, please? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
Welcome back to Second City Sports on a Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in the end in living color, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I ain't Sydney Brown, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Score McGee on the IG. Let's get into it, Lakina, with some basketball talk from the professional level. The 33-20 Chicago Bulls, they dropped another game, this time to the Philadelphia 76ers yesterday at the UC by the score of 119-108. to Joel Embiid, who looks like he's, he could be back in the MVP conversation, he had 40 points and 10 rebounds in 32 minutes of action off of 14-23 shooting. Seth Curry, that's S-E-T-H Curry, Steph's little brother, in 39 minutes of action, he had 12 points, including two of five shooting from downtown. Tobias Harris, a borderline all-star for the 76ers, he added 23 points off of 10 to 15 shooting. On the flip side for the Chicago Bulls, DeMar DeRozan had a season high of 45 points off of 18 to 30 shooting. Remember, guys, no Zach Levine because of a bad back. Of course, Alice Caruso and Lonzo Ball are both out. Still for the Chicago Bulls, Nik- uh, Nikolai Vucevic had 23 points and seven rebounds off of eight to uh, eight of 18 shooting, including two for, uh, seven from downtown. Not a good day for him. Uh, Javante Green, who nearly led the Bulls on the comeback, he had 17 points off of five or six shooting, and you only had 10 points total coming off your bench. Lakina, I know the Bulls are suffering from some injuries. And I'm not going to totally throw this team under the bus, but I, I told you in our last episode on Friday, the the, the and you can attribute this to the injuries of Alice Caruso and Lonzo Ball, but their perimeter defense has been terrible for the last couple of weeks. And we know the problems of defending the paint have been a glaring problem for this team all year long. And it's, it's been showing. I mean, look, you know, try to stop Embiid. I think name, name someone who can. I mean, I don't think anybody in the East has will have – you know, have your know, issues, you know, trying to stop and be, look, I think you knew it was going to be a tough game without Zach and without Kobe. And, you know, it is showing, I mean, they, and B is telling, is showing you why, if it's not for, you know, Steph Curry, although I think, you know, he's had his struggles lately. I think MB would be, would be right there for MVP uh, discussion, you know, 40 points for him. And I guess he's like 10 no against the bulls in his career mm-hmm. since he's came to the NBA. I, I mean, look, it was it, it was gonna be a tough task, you know, with you know, especially without you know Levine and uh White. But you know, look, Vucevic, you know, I think I don't see anybody, you know, people all the Vucevic hates now quieted down for a little bit. He had 23 points, like you said, and you know, playing you know perimeter and look, I mean, you know, Troy Brown Jr., you know, he had his struggles. You know, the bench, you know, getting no help from the bench. I think that's another issue, not having Caruso there, you know, to have to help out, facilitate that, but you know what? And, and again, also to Derrick Jones Jr. is also out as well. So, look, I think I'm in that camp of look, you're 33 and 20. You're only just a, 40, a few percentage back, percentage points back at the number one seed in the East. To me, there are no like, you know, teams. Oh, I don't, I'm not scared by a certain, certain Eastern Conference teams. To me, everybody is having, you know, various issues. And we'll get to some of those in a second. But look, for the, for the Bulls, especially this, you know, this game tonight against Phoenix. Again, I'm not expecting too much from this game because I feel like, okay, you know what? To me, this isn't a measuring stick for them because they're still shorthanded. The fact that they're still fighting, the fact they're still playing. And I actually have, they've come across and you know, winning a couple of games, you know, playing shorthanded. Mm-hmm. But I think, look, you got a couple of weeks before the All-Star break. Let's try to get through these games. After the Phoenix game, some of the other games are pretty winnable. So if you got to take, have, have you know, Kobe and, and or Zach, you know, take a couple of games here and there off, maybe that's probably what you're going to need to do. 
I'm worried about this team in the playoffs. And the trade deadline, I mean, if you look, if you want to perhaps maybe get somebody from, you know, from waivers, there could be a lot of these guys even going on waivers right about the same time. So, you know, I know Patrick Williams, you know, there's where that he might come back before the season's over with. So I think, you know, maybe that I would be surprised if they just stand pat or maybe they bring somebody else from, you know, a, from the waiver wire. You know, look, AK and Eversley always, you know, keep things close to the vest. So who knows what, what sort of, you know, sort of like mind games that they have in store. A couple of the notes from yesterday's game uh, uh, regarding the Chicago Bulls. Lakina, Ayo Dusumu, 8.7 assists and 30 minutes. 38 minutes of action. As I said before, uh, the playing time he got uh, during early, the early part of the season when Kobe White started off the year on the injury list, it was going to benefit him now with the injuries to Caruso and Lonzo Ball. He's the starting point guard for the moment. I know he nailed down a couple of uh, threes y yesterday. Uh, all this is going to benefit him uh, come playoff time because he's going to be one of the guys that you're going to depend on coming off the bench. Uh, hopefully that you don't have any more serious injuries. So I like the way Ayo Dosumo is playing. Uh, he's not a superstar and that's okay. But uh, uh, the, the role that he's going to play on this team is going to be huge. He, has, uh, he still has to improve his defense, defense from the perimeter, but I like the way he uh, uh, dishes the ball out to the right guy. And he, uh, he's starting to uh, develop that outside shot. He still has a long way to go with that, but I like that he's starting to add that to his game. We know that he could take the ball to the basket and, and push Timbo, but I like uh, the, the way that he's been playing uh, lately. The the player that I've been disappointing in, Lakina, you know, I gave you the side eye over the summer, Troy Brown Jr., 12 minutes of action, two fouls, three rebounds, no points. That's inexcusable. Like, yeah, and maybe he's probably better off coming from the bench. I know he's been kind of, he's been in the starting spot a couple of times because of injuries and COVID mm -hmm. and such. I mean, maybe still trying to find his way around with this team. I mean, you know, look, he can make your know, blocks. He can make plays when he needs to and then when he when he, you know, when he needs to, I mean, you know, he had a, he scored a couple of key points in their game against the Pacers on Friday. I want to get to that mm -hmm. game, and, you know, and, and look, I, I think, look, he's kind of been up and down. And I think, look, he's probably going to be, you know, a guy that's probably more of a utility guy, probably guys more uh, off a bench guy. And look, he's been asked to do a lot. So I, I feel like maybe this is more, he's playing like in a, you know, not in like a position that he should be. He's been playing like in the, you know, they got three forwards. They got three forwards, you know, for the Bulls. They got three forwards, one center, mm -hmm. which is Vooch, and with, um, you know, Io now. So, you know, this has kind of been the, you know, this is what happens when you're playing shorthanded. So you got you got guys that are playing out, out of position. You got guys that are, you know, Brown's more of a center, he, more of a forward. He's not really a center, but he's been playing kind of the center while, you know, while you got Vooch in the wing. So it's sort of one of those things where you got to, like, you might be, it's this more because he's probably playing out of position. You listen to Seggy City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See you, Lakini, with you talking Bulls basketball. Lakina, I know you say you're not expecting much uh, for tonight's uh, Bulls Phoenix Suns contest. You can watch that game locally on NBC Sports Chicago at 7 o'clock. You folks nationally can watch that game on NBA TV at the same time. So, you know, you can, there's no excuse if you want to watch that contest tonight. Lakina, I'm not going to ask you what do you expect from tonight's game. I know there were some rumors that Zach Levine could be available tonight. Uh, I wouldn't chance that if he's not ready to go, he's not ready to go. Uh, and Kobe White, the same thing. Would it help if one or both of those guys would be in the lineup tonight? Of course it would. But if they're not ready to play, they're not ready to play. So, uh, I I like the way the Bulls fall back yesterday, even though they came up short. I do expect uh, 
expect the same effort tonight against Phoenix, but if Zach and or Kobe do not play, it's going to be tough, but I still I do still expect to see maximum effort for the guys on the roster tonight. They've been doing it all year, the next yeah, man up mentality. Yeah, and I think don't be surprised if DeRozan, you know, minutes is limited because, you know, he's he has earned mm-hmm. a lot of energy yesterday in that Sixers game, so... I would don't be surprised if maybe I don't I don't want to say he probably wasn't wouldn't play, but I think he might put himself in the minutes restriction because remember he's thirty two, mm-hmm. folks, so he's got that, a yeah. lot of wear, so wear and tear. So you don't want to you know over you know over you know exert him. So yeah, I mean look, they'll, they'll probably put up a fight. I mean look, Phoenix is the best team in the league. They're forty two and ten. So I'm just you know I think people you know shouldn't really expect, especially since the Bulls are still short handed. Look, I'm sure they'll put up a fight, but I think the Suns are going to pull away late and. Look, I, I'm sure Monty Williams will make sure his guys don't look past the Bulls, you know, because mm-hmm. you never know. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not really expecting too much. I mean, you know, good luck stopping Booker. You know, I know AO is going to probably going to be on Booker a lot. So that's going to oh yeah, that's going to be, you know, one of those you know, things where that's another matchup. I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how we, you know, how he uh, grabs, you know, um, Aiton and Vooch. That should be another interesting uh, matchup there as well. Uh, CP3, I mean, good luck whoever has to you know, try to guard him. You know, good yep. luck to you know, whoever has to have that task. So, and they're playing pretty well too, Phoenix. You know, they they just mm-hmm. came off a a really you know, big win against the Warriors, who have kind of been you know falling off, falling you know back to earth a bit. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Suns. Look, if you could at least keep within distance, you know, by the you know the first half. If they end up pulling away by the second half, the second half, I should say, the Suns. I mean, this is kind of what I expected. I'm not expecting the Bulls to win. I would say, you know, just just go through this game. You got a couple of days off before your game against Charlotte on. Wednesday, you know, just, just, you know, as long as, you know, no one has any more like serious injuries, I think you'll be okay. Let's go to the rest of the NBA, Lakina, the best and worst from this past weekend. I want to start with the Saturday night showcase game on ABC. It was the Los Angeles Lakers defeating the New York Knicks by seven points in overtime, 122 to 115. Of course, controversy reeks with the Lakers again. Russell Westbrook did not play in that overtime. He was benched. But uh, he started for for 29 minutes of action. He had five points and six assists off of one of 10 shooting over three from three-point range. Uh, LeBron James came back. uh, He scored 29 points, grabbed 13 rebounds, dished out 10 assists for another triple-double under his belt. Anthony Davis had 28 points and grabbed 17 rebounds. Lakina, this Lakers team started out slow, but they came through, especially in that fourth quarter, and dominated overtime. On the flip side for the Knicks, Julius Randle, if he's going to get traded, his numbers are starting to look good. He led the team with 32 points and 16 rebounds. Evan Fournier had 15 points off of 5 of 14 shooting. And R.J. Barrett had 36 points in 50 minutes of action. Lakina, looking up at that game, both those teams have been disappointing all year. The Lakers wanted it a little bit more. I don't know if both teams are going to go far in the playoffs. Should they get in? I think the Lakers have a slider. Uh, chance of getting in in that conference than the Knicks do. Lakina, uh, the Knicks, as we talked about last year, they benefited from that shortened 72-game season. They benefited of catching momentum before it all blew up in their face against Atlanta in last year's opening round playoff series. Uh, I think it's time to trade Julius Randle, but you may have to try to get rid of some other guys on their roster as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's time. It's time. Yeah, it's time. I think weren't they up like eighteen or something like that? Yes, you know, they were. You know, mm-hmm. Something like that. So you know, the fact that they were able to they 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 lost that lead, and you know, Le- LeBron and AD kind of kicked it up a notch. And look, you know, the Lakers are five and one in overtime games this year, which is the most mm-hmm. in the NBA. So I guess that that's what they they can kind of you know wear that badge you know of honor. But 
you know, I mean, you know, as for the next look, we told you, we warned all of you that, mm -hmm. you know, things are starting to kind of, you know, you know, fall apart for the Knicks. And, um, you know, Randall, I think if he is end up being a trade piece, you know, his, his name has come up in trades. It's, it, yeah, it's not looking good for the, uh, no Barrett leather with, with 36 too. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not looking good for the Knicks right now. And look, we told y'all, you know, Knicks fans were kind of like, Hey, see, we're on our way back. You know, this and that. Well, you know, you <laughs> off a little bit. Now as for the Lakers, I mean, you look, LeBron, you know, looked good. You know, he didn't like his, you know, he skipped the beat, you know, missed a beat, you know, 29 points and 10 assists, you know, 13 rebounds, you know, a triple double. Um, I mean, you know, West, Westbrook did not play that, uh, that, that, uh, that overtime, you know, he only scored five points. You wonder, you know, will they trade him? But the problem is, is that, you know, will anybody want to take that contract of his? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And look, also, too, the Lakers have lost, you know, 104 straight games when trailing by at least 21 points. That's the longest active streak. So now they, they broke that streak. So, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, who are you going to get to take that contract? I think that's going to be the number one question, too. You're gonna, who are you going to get to take Westbrook's contract? So I don't know. Well, the, the Washington Wizards were lucky enough to deal off Westbrook to the Lakers because that's where LeBron James wanted. But if we talked about this on our last couple of shows, looking, if you're the Lakers, you're kind of stuck with this roster for the rest of the season and perhaps next year as well because I believe LeBron James is a free agent after next season. And so is Russell Westbrook. So the, that contract will come off the books as well. But uh, we said this before. We hand over the keys to a franchise to a personality and a player like LeBron James. This was going to end up happening. Remember during his last year in Cleveland, Lakina in 2018, he, he forced the management to do that eight-player, two-team trade, which are we uh, – Vitalize that whole roster. Uh, I don't see any type of moves of, of that nature coming for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, if you pick up anybody else on the scrap heap, they're just going to be a feeling piece for the roster because of potential any uh, major injuries that could occur. So if you're the, the Lakers, it doesn't look good. And it just barely making the playoffs will be the, uh, the end goal at this point. Yeah, you know, you're going to get stuck doing the play in too. So. You may end up playing your fellow, you know, Clippers, you know, for the playing. So we'll have to wait and see what yeah. happens there. Um, you know, another thing that kind of caught my eye. I mean, look, I think Cleveland. Look, I said what I said about Cleveland. You know, I know, I know they got Karis LeVert in the trade. They they got rid of rookie mm -hmm. rookie Rubio. Rubio, you know, they didn't have to give up too much. They they got a, a, a second round pick. You know, I I still I know they won against Indiana yesterday. Mm -hmm. I still don't see them making a big run in the East. I I just don't see it happening. They, they look. They looked very impressive. Evan Mobley looked very impressive. You know, Darius Garland's looked really good too. Mm -hmm. You know, they got Levert there too. So we'll see what you know, how they mesh well. But I just don't see them perhaps make, making an inroads in the East. I just don't see. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go go go. Are they gonna go in the complete free for all? No. But I do think that mm -hmm. they're not gonna. They might end up playing the play in. I, I just don't. I just don't. I'm just not a believer in Cleveland just yet. I know Darius Garland didn't play yesterday, but mm -hmm. the, the Cleveland Cavaliers team is still a good team. And, uh, <clears throat> and excuse me, I did watch the majority of that game via this computer screen yesterday. And Indiana, we'll get to them in a minute. But uh, Cleveland still has some good young pieces, as you mentioned. Dean Wade, not D Wade, not Dwayne Wade, Dean Wade, D E E D E A N from Kansas State. Yeah, I was like, play for Bruce Weber, that case. Exactly, that Dean Wade. Uh, he had 10 points off of 4 7 shooting yesterday. Kevin Love, uh, uh, where did this performance come from? He's doing a heck of a job of mentoring the young guys, but he had a big fourth quarter yesterday for the game. He had 19 points, including 4 of 8 shooting from three point range. And also, uh, you had you mentioned uh, 
Eric Mobley, who I think is going to be a, a top candidate for rookie of the year next to Scotty Barnes from the Toronto Raptors. He had nine points yesterday, but uh, he's still uh, doing well for Cleveland so far this year. And Jerry Allen, who should replace Kevin Durant on the all-star team, the big guy from Cleveland, he had 15 points and 17 rebounds. Uh, he's been the anchor uh, for that Cleveland front line all season long. So this Cavaliers team is a good team, looking as we talked about in our last few episodes. They're not going to run away with the East, but they kind of remind me of the Miami Heat, which we'll get to in a minute. Like the Miami Heat, they're the younger version of the Miami Heat. Uh, first of all, uh, Eric Spolstra, uh, with the Bulls losing yesterday, Eric Spolstra, the head coach of Miami Heat, will coach, I believe, Team LeBron in the All-Star mm-hmm. Weekend uh, in, a, in 13 days. So congrats to him. But uh, Cleveland, they're a younger version of the Miami Heat. Now, they still have some ways to go, as you mentioned, but they're going to be a tough out with somebody in that first round. Like this, all, we'll be all about matchups because if they face yes. a veteran, you know, a veteran team with a lot of playoff experience, it's going to be tough for them. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, Luca made history again last night in the Mavs win over the Hawks. Another triple double for him. And He's got about 45 already before 23. He's mm-hmm. got to be 23 for like another like three weeks or so. That's some, I mean, I know he's had his struggles earlier this season. It looks like the, the Mavs are starting to kind of find their groove a little bit. But, you know, I, I really like what I'm seeing from the Mavs. Do I think they could, they could kind of challenge, you know, the Suns and the Golden State? Probably not. There might be a, game, a ways off mm-hmm. there. We'll see what they do during the trade deadline. But, you know, the Mavs look pretty good. I think, you know, Jason Kidd has finally found that mesh with uh, with Luca and the rest of the Mavs. Yeah, they did look good. They did a chance to catch some of the highlights of that game yesterday. It looks like, as we said, Dallas is finally turning around. We talked about them through the first couple of months of the season, Lakina. Mm-hmm. You know, with a new coach and a new system, things take time. People think that things are just click just like that. It doesn't have always happen that way. Things take time. So it looks like, as you said, Dallas has finally turned the corner. I know they had a bad loss to OKC a week or so ago, but mm-hmm. sometimes those things happen. But it looks like Dallas is finally starting to turn the corner. There is going to be a battle in the middle of that pack in the Western Conference between them, Utah, and Denver. And speaking of the Denver Nuggets, they defeated the Brooklyn Nets by 20 on the road, yes, at home, rather, if you, the, the, the Nuggets, 124 to 104. Uh, Nikolai Jokic, the defending MVP, he had another triple double performance yesterday. On the flip side for Brooklyn, James Harden didn't play. Kyrie Irving led the team with 27 points. Now the big question as we approach the trade deadline, Lakina, all the national pundits are asking, could this be the end of the big three? Because the the story came out earlier today that the Nets have rescinded uh, the trade offer, which had involved James Harden in exchange for Ben Simmons of Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out what's going on with Brooklyn. I know that you know they can't blame Kyrie. Kyrie's actually doing what he's supposed to. He scored 27 at 11 assists in that loss to Denver. And look, you know, Katie's hurt. Mm, excuse me. And also, too, I mean, Harden's been hurt. You know, with his hamstring. I don't know if that's any truth to that, but you know, it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like, okay, is there trouble in paradise? They were the number one seed over a month ago, and now they're down to the play-in. They're in the play-in mm-hmm. area now. So. You know, look, could they turn around? I mean, I yeah, I think they can, but I think the problem is I think they need to, they need um KD back. He, has, he won't come back for another few weeks. You got other, mm-hmm. you know, other things, you know, pieces, you know, Blake Griffin, you know, he's doing what he can, had 19 in that loss. Um, you know, Cam Thomas, you know, career high 20 off the bench for him. Mm-hmm. The uh the rookie from from LSU. I remember him, you know, he was actually pretty good at LSU, but uh, it's sort of one of those things where I, I just don't know. I mean, 
you know, happy birthday, Steve Nash. You know, it's you know, some <laughs> birthday present before you. Now you're kind of stuck in this little rut. And I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know if they're in the same situation that they are with, that the Lakers are, but I feel like Brooklyn is sort of like, you know, they haven't played. Look, the three, three haven't been playing together. So I think that's probably the part mm-hmm. of the problem. Yeah. And like, like you said before, you, you had to deal with injuries uh, if you're uh, any team going through a long season. But we said this before, Kevin Durant was, was what makes that team go. I know they added James Harden uh, late, uh, well, early into the uh, shortened season last year. It was supposed to be Kyrie and Durant. But when those three played together, they were nearly unstoppable. But like mm-hmm. you said, because of injuries, it just hasn't happened. I think that James Harden will not get traded on Thursday. We'll see what happens. But I think the future of this franchise will determine how they'll do in the playoffs. If they get knocked out in the second round like they did last year, I think you can see some major changes i.e. Harden, or maybe Kyrie, because I think he has a player option for next year. We have to look that up. But uh, it, the future of this franchise is going to determine how they do in the playoffs. If, if they lose in the conference finals or lo- have to lose in the finals, I think they'll be okay. But if they lose in the second round or perhaps get upset in the first round, uh, you could see some major j- changes coming. We'll see what happens there. It looks like Utah is starting to kind of get back on track now that the guys, some guys are coming back. You know, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell had 27 points in, in that in that win against on Friday against Brooklyn. You know, mm-hmm. his first game back from a uh, concussion protocol. So it's like Utah started. They're kind of starting to kind of get their their group back a little bit. They're starting to get guys back from injury. Mm-hmm. So I think that that definitely should help them and perhaps maybe try to get that top in that top four. So though they can host a a first rounder. Um, what else, real quick, before we go to um, before we go to the, uh, the these matchups for this week? Uh, yeah. We talked about. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee. I mean, you know, yeah, they they beat the Clippers on you know yesterday. You know, Giannis had twenty eight. But the Clippers that was going to be hard for the Clippers, especially since they're still they're still shorthanded. They they played some games. You know, they won a few games, but they're like they're still kind of you know neandering at five hundred. All yeah. five stars were in double figures for the Bucks. Like I said before, I think the Bucks are, like I said, no one scares me in the East at this point, Sid, because mm-hmm. like, like I said, you know, guys are, you know, take rest here and there. I got injuries on some parts. I, I just, you know, I, I don't, I'm not scared of the Bucks. I, I'm not. I'm just, you know, maybe call me crazy, but. All these top teams we talked about before, they're flawed. In Milwaukee, the, this season is not about the regular season. It's all about getting healthy for the playoffs and, and being the teams you're supposed to be, and that's what they have done so far on their West Coast road trip. So I'm with you. I'm not worried about Milwaukee. We, we know that Giannis is going to give you what he's got when healthy. Chris Middleton, who's going to be an all-star in less than two weeks in Cleveland, we, we know that he's a bona fide number two to Giannis's number one. Uh, the question is, for Milwaukee, can you get some minutes consistently from their bench? And mm-hmm. that, that's going to be a major problem. I know their bench has slightly changed since last year's title run, but it's all about consistency and getting guys healthy for the playoffs for Milwaukee. As I said before, uh, any of the top four or five teams in the East, I know Miami's up there right now. Do I expect them to finish number one at the end of the season? No. Even if they do, they're still a good team, but do they scare you? No. No, not at all. I don't either. think no one's going to run away with the East. I really no don't. Not is. right now. That's why there's like a three-game you know drop between the first you know the top seed and the seventh seed. That there's a reason mm-hmm. why because everybody's flawed in some form. So we'll see what happens when we get close and close to the All-Star break. You know, going to this weekend's games real quick. You got Toronto and Charlotte. That's at six o'clock. Miami and Washington six o'clock tonight. Of course, we talked about the Suns and the Bulls. Like I said, so you can mm-hmm. watch that game on NBA TV out of market or also on League Pass. Golden State and OKC. I know Golden State. They've been kind of been sort of you know. Mm-hmm. 
uh, up and down lately. So we'll see if they can get back on track as OKC. And New York and Utah, I think New York's catching Utah in a bad time. Yeah, as New York's continuing their West Coast trip because Utah, you know, Donovan Mitchell is ready. So I, I would be surprised if we get a big performance from him tonight. Yeah, we'll see if the Knicks can respond. They blew that 18-point lead and lost a heartbreaking overtime to the Lakers on Saturday. Let's go to Tuesday's action, which is tomorrow. For those of you watching live on the YouTube, <laughs> Phoenix at Philadelphia at 6 o'clock. That should be a, uh, a big game. Uh, this mm -hmm. could be an NBA Finals preview. We shall see. Uh, the Hawks and the Pacers will get it on from Atlanta at 6.30. Uh, the first game of the formerly known as players only uh, the first game of the TNT doubleheader for Tuesday will be Boston at Brooklyn. Oh, it's going to be a lot of chatter. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, uh, it has to do more of uh, Brooklyn's nonsense than, than on the court. Right. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stories and trade rumors and things oh, along gosh. that line. Get ready, uh, folks. Exactly, exactly. That's the first game of the TNT doubleheader tomorrow for Tuesday at Desai 6.30. 7 o'clock, the Clippers and the Grizzlies. At 7 o'clock, also, we have Houston and New Orleans. At 7.30, we have Detroit at Dallas. Let's see if Dallas can continue on their recent upward climb. At 8 o'clock, we have the Knicks continue their West Coast road trip. They face the Denver Nuggets. At 9 o'clock, the TNT doubleheader for Tuesday will conclude with the Bucks and the Lakers, LeBron versus Giannis. That's always a good superstar matchup. And then wrapping up the Tuesday schedule, will be Orlando at Portland at 9 o'clock. Also, at the same time, Minnesota, they're three games above 500. Mm -hmm. They'll go to Sacramento to take on the lowly Kings, and that's Minnesota, also at 9 o'clock. Yeah, Minnesota's right there for that playing spot. I think they really yeah. want to stay there. So, you know, expect this as they, as they start their uh, road trip. All right. All right. Wednesday's game. This should be a couple of fun ones. San Antonio and Cleveland. That should be interesting. You know, I, I'll talk about that uh, Bulls game against the Hornets. That's the first game of that ESPN doubleheader, so you get to check that mm -hmm. out as well. Toronto and OKC at 7. And the second game of that ESPN Wednesday doubleheader, you got Golden State and Utah. That should be a lot of fun. Um, perhaps maybe a Western Conference final preview. We'll see. Um, uh, Lakers and Portland. We'll see if the Lakers can take advantage of, you know, they can get things going there. And uh, Minnesota, Sacramento, no, it's not a typo, folks. It's sort of like a, a – sometimes you're going to see these games where, you know, guys are going to be playing back-to-back. -back. I know it's weird, but, you know, mm -hmm. just go with it. It's it's, it's due to COVID, so. <laughs> yeah. And let's go to Thursday's schedule to wrap up the week. We have Memphis visiting the Detroit Pistons at 6 o'clock. The Nets will play the Rizzers, the first game of the TNT Thursday doubleheader. That's at 6.30. Also, at the same time, at 6.30 for Thursday, Miami will visit New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. At 7 o'clock, the Raptors will face the Houston Rockets. At 7.30, I thought this game should have been on TNT, mm -hmm. but we have the Clippers and the Mavericks at 7.30. Uh, at 9 o'clock going TNT for Thursday, the doubleheader wrap up with the rematch of last year's NBA Finals, Milwaukee at Looking Phoenix. That should that be a fun one. one. And... Wrapping up the Thursday schedule will be the Knicks at the Warriors. I think the Warriors should blow out the Knicks by 20. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Steph's going to make sure that happens. So, And that's your schedule for this week in NBA. Yes, our number one in, in the books, our number two straight ahead as we'll give you more sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with the, the Chicago Cubs perhaps doing an exclusive online streaming service. We'll have some sports media news, and we'll give you the best and worst from the world of college basketball, plus a whole lot more. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Cindy Brown, that's me. You're listening to the Second City Sports Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago.
AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In a matchup of two of the top teams in the NBA's Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Bulls on Sunday, 119 to 108 the final. Chicago drops to 33 and 20, their half game out of first place in the East. DeMar DeRozan with a career best 45 points, he added nine rebounds and seven assists. Nikola Vukovic with 23 points. Joel Embiid led the way for the Sixers, 40 points, 10 rebounds. Philadelphia is a game and a half out of first. The Bulls right back at it tonight, seven o'clock tip off at United Center against Phoenix. The Suns lead the Western Conference by two and a half games over Golden State. The second half of the NHL season starts on Wednesday for the Blackhawks when they visit Edmonton. Chicago went into the break winless in three. New Bears head coach Matt Eberflus rounding out his coaching staff. Richard Hightower announced as special teams coordinator on Sunday. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey team, it's a full house. We gotta pick up the pace. At Hank's restaurant, the line goes around the block. Is this for 12? Okay, I need the truffle oil drizzle. What he needs is another line cook. Oh man, are the quail breasts still in the sous vide? Dave, can you keep an eye on that, please? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakini McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG SCK80. Once again, SCK80. That's SIDKID80. SIDKID80. You can follow me at Kenny McGee on the Twitter and at Kenny underscore McGee on the IG. If you want to, uh, if you want to have uh, give us a question or a comment uh, during any of our topics of today's show, we have less than sixty minutes remaining in this stern for against the board today. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. We can we get them up on the screen for you. Our main question still for today is: Which is the worst All Star game out of the four major sports: hockey, baseball, basketball, or football? Which uh, which one, in your opinion, is the worst? So uh, go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Give us your answer, Lakina. We'll get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of Second City Sports Monday edition with going to the world of college basketball. Let's start out with our local teams. We'll start out with the fighting Illini, ranked number 18 as of this moment uh, in the country. They take care of the Indiana Hoosiers this past Saturday, the largest win uh, in Illini history in Assembly Hall. They defeated the Indiana Hoosiers 74 to 67. The Illini improved their record to 10 and 2 in Big Ten play. They are 17 and 5 overall. Kofi Coburn in 34 minutes of action had 17 points, eight rebounds. My guy Alfonso Plummer, he had he finally got back on track. He had 14 points off of three 
three attempts shooting. And Trent Frazier had a big game with 23 points and two rebounds and four big assists. Yeah, they're 15 and one when they'll go Coburn scores at least 15. So I guess that's a good thing that they they won in that day. But yeah, I mean that was a great performance by the Illini. I mean, that's like you said, so that's like the 23 points. That's like the most they've won, you know, in Assembly Hall. So I think that's you know, this just shows you that you know, Indiana, you know, the inconsistency continues with them. You know, you thought that after that big win against Purdue a few weeks back, you thought that mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they could probably maybe make a run across, maybe try to get into the bubble. But they are seven and five in the conference, and they have not. You know, they don't have. They got the Purdue win, but that's about it. Now, mm-hmm. as far as now as for Illinois, I mean, look, I think they're they're getting hot at the right time, and maybe I don't want them to cool off what they did the last couple of years. You know, they get hot, but then they kind of cool off in the tournament. So. Can they keep it up? They're right at the top of the Big Ten standings right now at ten and two. So, you know, we'll see if they can keep it up because we're kind of we're going into that you know that stage where they're gonna they got some tough games left. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you those uh, uh, the schedule of those tough games. Including they have one big one coming up in a couple of days. We'll give you that uh, schedule coming up. But I like the way this Illinois team is playing right now. I know you have uh, we talked about Aaron Cabello. Um, Lakina. He only had three mm-hmm. points in twelve minutes of action on Saturday. I know he's trying to make his way back. Uh, um, the, through injuries and whatnot, but I like the way this Illinois team, Illinois team is playing right now. Uh, I wish they can lay out the three point shooting a little bit. They had a little bit more of a balance on Saturday, but I I like the way this team is playing right now. As I said before, we'll get into the rest of the con- deeper into the Big Ten conference in just a moment. But uh, they can hang with Purdue. Uh, they can hang with Michigan State. We saw that a few days ago. And we saw what they did to Wisconsin just a, a few nights ago last week. And so I, I, I think that they're primed and ready. And this, like you said before, we heading down towards the rema- uh, last couple, two, three weeks of the regular season before the Big Ten tournament in Indianapolis. Uh, this is the time that you that you want to peek uh, at. And Illinois is on their way to doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Yep, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Auburn, you know, had a. I kind of slug it out against Georgia, against Tom Green's uh, Georgia Bulldogs. Wendell Green's uh, game winner layup, you know, helped that. And they it was kind of like a back and forth. I don't think a lot of people expected it to be a back and forth game between these two teams. But, you know, that place was rocking in Athens. And, you know, you're facing number one team in the country. And I think, you know, Bruce Pearl's guys are realizing that they have a target on their back now, now that they're number one, never currently the number one uh, ranked team in the country right now. So, they passed one test so far. It's going to get tougher, though, and you know we'll see what happens with Auburn as they get deeper and deeper into the conference play. I want to go back to another local team in college basketball. That's the Loyola Ramblers. Uh, they had a big win on the road at Missouri, Missouri State, defeating the Bears 71-62. to Lucas Williams and the only uh, player remaining from that 2018 Final Four team, he led the Loyola with 19 points, including 7 of 12 shooting, 3 of 5 for three-point range. They pulled away late, Lakina. We talked about the, the, the matchup that they had a couple of weeks ago uh, in, in Chicago. Missouri State pulled away early in that second half, but it was the opposite yesterday. Loyola made some big baskets down the stretch. Yeah, they made some big defensive stops too, and I think they wanted that revenge game against Missouri State. Since they beat them at home, and look, there's a look, there's a long jump, long jam there at the top. You know, they've got you know them. They got to deal with uh, the Bears, you know, Missouri State. They got to deal with mm-hmm. Northern Iowa and Drake. I know you know yeah. you and I had a nice not the rapper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, not the rapper Drake. You know, this is a school that's in Iowa, but um, you know, you and I, you know, actually beat Drake in a really great game a couple uh, yesterday. So 
you know, there's definitely a lot, there's definitely, it's a four team. I don't want to say it's a tie, but there's like, there's a log jam there between those four I mentioned, the Missouri Valley. And with the team, with this conference, I should say, that only has, you're probably going to get one school in this year. So if you're Loyola, you're going to try to win, you know, as many as you can. So mm-hmm. this was a big win for the, for their confidence yesterday. And plus, you had 20 plus points coming off their bench. That is really key, especially at this time of year. Especially in the Missouri Valley, where you can mm-hmm. score. I think, you know, look, defense is sort of, key and you know we've seen it with the value with the, with the valley over the years so that's definitely you know a big you know big win for them and like you said it could be a conference boost for them as we get you know we, we finish up the conference play uh ucla lost to arizona state in triple overtime i saw this game like the tail end of it and look arizona mm-hmm. state really needed this win because you know they've struggled this year they're only 7 13 so this i know i know ucla has had like some various issues you know, with, with and such, but, you know, guys in out the lineup due to COVID and, you know, and injuries and whatnot. But, you know, look, Bob, give Bobby Rose guys credit. I mean, you know, they kind of, you know, this is sort of like a rebuild, you know, year for them, if you will. So I think this can only help their confidence. And look, I think, you know, UCLA is going to be between those, you know, them and Arizona, you know, for that Pac-12 title. So we'll we'll see what happens. This could, this could be the, the tough stretch coming up for them. Uh, still recapping the uh, best and worst from the college basketball from this past weekend. DePaul get a big they get a big win 69-65 over number 21 Xavier. I'm not going to sit here and say that your DePaul blue team is looking they're going to turn things around perhaps uh, make a run for the tournament but uh it, it was a big win for that confidence confidence. I know they were over the 500 mark uh for a while there and I know they dropped under but this I, I would say they, this would give them confidence for the rest of the season but uh, that's still a young squad so they still have a long way to go. Yeah, they're playing a shorthanded too. I know uh, yeah. one of the leading scorers out, another one of their leading rebounders. He's out. And Xavier, they've had their struggles lately. I think they were near the top for a little bit, but they've kind of, you know, fell down to earth. So this upset, you know, yes, it's a big win for them, but I think, you know, Xavier's had their struggles lately. So I'm not going to, you know, hype too much about it. I mean, yeah, it's good. You know, look, they were shorthanded and good for them for winning in Cincinnati, but that's, that's a tough place to play. So. You know, you can mm-hmm. commend uh, Tony Subhill's guys for that, but you know, again, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, go go too, you know, harbor too much on it. Um, Kentucky, you know, they're in the top five now. You know, they're kind of they're picking at the right time as well. They beat uh, Alabama by 11. Ty Ty Washington mm-hmm. at 15 for them. You know, leading the way there. And you know, I think, look, how how do you feel about John Calipari? I, I think you know what I think Kentucky. I think they're starting to kind of mesh. They've you know, he has his teams that have struggled in the last couple of years with the COVID and such, but it looks like maybe mm-hmm. that they're starting to kind of get better. Could they perhaps maybe, you know, get one of the one seeds? Who knows? But, you know, they're looking really good right now. And going back to Big Ten action, um, Jawan Howard took another uh, tough loss uh, uh, under the chin. They lost by six at Purdue on Saturday, 82 to 76. Michigan State, they get stunned by Ron Harper Jr.'s uh, Rutgers. <laughs> they defeated Michigan State by 21, 84 to 63. I don't think it's going to do too much to Michigan State. Of course, they're not going to be the number one seed of anything like that. But it was a stunner for Michigan State, but I don't think it's going to hurt them that much. Now, on the flip side for Michigan, it's definitely going to hurt their chances in terms of getting to the tournament. Uh, I think we said this the last couple of weeks, Lakini. They're going to have to win outright the Big Ten tournament. I don't see that happening. Yeah, they've had their struggles early this year. I think the guys just aren't, you know, they're kind of, they just aren't, aren't meshing well together, you know, his guys. So, you know, maybe they can get it together. But again, we'll see now as far as the Michigan State losing to Rutgers. Look, Rutgers, they're, 
they're not even near the bubble right now. So I think these kind of wins can only help them. I mean, mm-hmm. they get Ohio State in a couple of days on Wednesday. They get also they go at Wisconsin. They get Illinois to they'll come there next week, and also they got Purdue coming as well. So yeah, they still got, look. They got they got their chance to kind of like try to fresh up their resume a little bit. So we'll see if you know Rod Hopper Jr. and the Scarlet Knights can kind of get it together there. Um, Kansas, uh, Kansas did what you know to to Baylor what Kentucky did to them last week. They just hammered them. You know, eighty three fifty nine. I mean that that was just did not see that score at all coming. So. I think maybe Kansas kind of been up and down too. You thought that maybe they get it together, but then they have a bad loss. So, but it looks like they could, could they be coming, going back, you know, coming back, you know, getting back, you know, back on the track and, you know, maybe perhaps, you know, try to perhaps maybe, you know, try to get another big 12 title, perhaps maybe get a one seed or maybe a two seed in the tournament. There are three right now, supposedly. So, but they looked really good against Baylor on Saturday. Yeah. As we talked about before, Lakina, they had that big, uh, showdown at home against Kentucky, which they got blown off the court. And I, and I said to you, uh, how would this team respond is going to determine how they're going to do for the rest of the year? So far, so good for Kansas. Now, another game that was disappointing, I did turn to it for about five minutes. It was Coach K's last visit uh, to Chapel Hill as uh, number nine Duke, the Blue Devils. They blow out the Carolina Tar Heels 87-67. to 67. This was no contest from the start. I was really disappointed. I was ready to watch a competitive game. I did not get that. <laughs> yeah, uh, AJ Griffin you know, led the way for Duke there. Twenty-seven points. That's the you know they did not trail. There's only the second time in the last twenty seasons that they did that to North Carolina. The first since 2013. Mm-hmm. And look, it looks like Duke. Look, you know, I, I know that they had a, they honored uh, War Williams of the Hat. They're gonna have he's mm-hmm. gonna have a street named after him down in Chapel Hill. You know, that's just he still lives there. You know, the school you know very close to his heart, but. Right now, they just don't have the players. Right now, I know, I know, uh, Hubert Davis has, you know, recruited, you know, some top guys, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not going to come till next year. So, uh, look, I know they're sixteen and seven right now. You know, they're, they're eight and four in the conference. They could perhaps be sneaking into the tournament, but they're not really expected to do too much damage. But you know, Duke, re- Duke looked really good on Saturday against you know, against uh, North Carolina. So we'll we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But yeah, that. You know, so far I think Duke kind of like may want to, and the ACC is still there for the for the for the for the opening. So, yeah, a couple of the scores for note from Saturday's last Saturday's contest: number two Gonzaga, they had no problem taking care of BYU, ninety to fifty-seven. And after losing down in Champaign against Illinois last Wednesday, Wisconsin they get by Penn State, fifty-one to forty-nine. Wisconsin is still ranked number eleven in the country. Yeah, it was like 18 to like 13 or something like that at halftime. Like, oh, look at that. Oh, I guess the, the, the way the football team is playing. Like, wait, wait, I thought football team was <laughs> over. But, you know, but, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, you know, this was definitely like – it was definitely tough to watch if you watched that game. But, uh, yeah, it did not look good at all. Villanova uh, beat uh, UConn by, by 11. You know, it looks like, you know, Villanova has kind of gotten back on track. Uh, Texas beat Iowa State. It was like Iowa State might be starting to kind of come back to earth a little bit as well. They had a hot start, but they've been struggling mm-hmm. lately in conference play. Uh, the fighting Jerry Seckhouse Vanderbilt upsets LSU 75-66 on Saturday. So, you Didn't know, see that coming. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I'm sure if you're you know, Vanderbilt, I think you'll take that. I mean, look, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt and DePaul are kind of like very like similar. You, you'll take you know, the, loss, the losses and you take the wins and you can get this sort of one of those wins for them so that could only help their confidence so we'll see what happens uh providence beat georgetown by 19 of course we talked about um loyola beating missouri State in their revenge on them so yeah things are sort of starting to kind of you know get to you know, 
sort of kind of get going here, especially when we're getting like closer and closer to the tournament with about only a few weeks left. Uh, and Ohio, number 16, Ohio State takes care of Maryland yesterday, 82-67. Of course, number six, Houston, the Cougars, they blow out Cincinnati, 80-58. to Lakeen, I was listening to a little bit of New York sports radio this morning, and they were talking about Patrick Ewing, of course, former Knicks player, former Georgetown Hoyer, great. And, and, they were, and they were, this show was talking about how there's some rumblings that even though the, the Georgetown made the tournament last year, of course, you know, they had a, a couple – uh, issues uh, away from the court uh, mm-hmm. going into this year, but they were talking about that um, uh, uh, one. Uh, I forgot which paper it was, but uh, they were talking about the, uh, that uh, it might not be too far out to uh, perhaps consider firing Patrick Ewing. Do you even consider that, or do you give him one more year? I think I, you give him one more year because right now they're winningless in the in the um, in the Big East. Yeah, they've had some, like you said, they've had some. I won't re- I'll go into it, but yeah, they've had mm-hmm. some issues, you know, in the in the program. They did come back and win last year, won the uh, the biggest tournament, got the tournament last year. You know, they lost in the first round, but the fact they even got in. So yeah, I mean, I don't I also don't know don't know what George the Georgetown fans fans are expecting at this point. I mean, they're not gonna get the days of, you know, John Thompson, you know, Junior and the rest of uh and you know that that whole thing with Ewing, you know, playing there and such. I mean, it's not gonna happen anymore. So the best they can do is and the biggest is a lot tougher then than it is just as tough. Maybe not as tough as it was then, but it's still mm-hmm. very tough. You got a lot of great teams. And now that yeah. UConn's back into the fold, so that makes it even tougher. So I'm sure yeah. they'll give it one more year. Like I said, I think a lot of it is not within Ewing's control. So, you know, I think that's what a lot of it – I think that's probably what a lot of it is. I think a lot of people thought that maybe they, you know, Georgetown would compete for, you know, the conference again, you know, after what happened last year with them winning the tournament, coming out of nowhere. But like you said, that a couple of those guys left – so mm-hmm. through the various reasons, I, again, I won't get into it. You know, you, you can use Google for that. But yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I think I think Washington, yeah, I think Washington D.C. people are kind of like need to sort of you know slow down. I have a friend who lives out there, and he said, even he said, look, you know, I think people need to kind of just you know chill for a little bit and maybe just give it one more year. <coughs> You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live and in living color on the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Celia Lakina here with you as we talk about college basketball. Lakina, let's go to the uh, big-time games for this week as far as the schedule is concerned in the top 25. Actually, let's start out with tonight's games that they were aired on ESPN. Their doubleheader kicks off tonight at 6 p.m. as Virginia will continue to build on that resume there. 14 and 9, they'll visit uh, the Cameron Crazies as they'll take on the number seven ranked team in the country, the Duke Blue Devils. Duke is coming off a big win uh, at North Carolina last Saturday. They are 19 and 3 on the year. Duke is favored by 11 and a half. Yeah, it's always interesting when these two teams play. So we'll see which Duke team we get tonight. But yeah, uh, six o'clock. I think this is a makeup game too, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, it should be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, the second half, that doubleheader at 8 o'clock, you got Kansas. You know, we'll see if they're kind of, you know, starting to get their groove going here, going up against <laughs> Texas. I know the folks there you know, in Austin are going to be rocking. I think that place is going to be packed. So we'll see what happens. Arizona, Arizona State, which is a makeup game, you know, from you know, earlier in conference play. That's at 8 o'clock on FS1. Let's go to Tuesday's action from the top 25 at 530 on FS1. We'll have number 18 Marquette, the, as you call them, the fighting shark of smarts. They're at 16 and 7 on the year. They'll travel to UConn to face the Huskies. They are ranked number 24 in the country. Now, UConn is 15 and 6 on the year. I don't, I don't think too many people expect uh, UConn to have this better, uh, better of a record at this point in the season. 
Yeah, Danny Hurley's been playing, has his guys playing well. So we'll see. I don't think people, especially with them being back in the Big East, I don't think people thought, I don't want to say they, I don't want to say that people didn't think, you know, too much was expected of them. But yeah, they've got a you know, really good, solid uh, group there. And I, I think, look, they're kind of right up there. Now, will they end up win the conference? That's going to be tough because you got Villanova, you got Marquette and them. But yeah, they'll definitely have something to say of who wins it. Yeah, and probably a Providence too. So it's going to get mm-hmm. sort of like, like old times. Continuing with the Tuesday schedule, number one, Auburn will, will travel to Arkansas to face the Razorbacks at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Arkansas is at 18-5 on the year. Lakini, do you think they can make a case for being ranked at, uh, at least at number 25 with LSU losing last Saturday? Yeah, this is – yeah, I mean, look, I think – look, I know that Georgia's not very good. I know that people are were sort of, you know, surprised that Georgia's – I mean, that Auburn still got – you know, still got the number one record even though they – they almost lost to Georgia, but you know, like it is what it is. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I mean, look, I think Auburn, I think look, this is new for them. This is new territory playing as the number one team. They know they got a target on their backs now. Arkansas is a pretty tough squad, so we'll see what happens. But that like I said, Fayetteville, that place is gonna be rock, rock, rocking that Bud Walton. Continuing with the Tuesday schedule at six o'clock on ESPN, number five, Kentucky will travel to the South Carolina to take on the game Cox. They are 13 and 9 on a year. The Big Ten Network at 6 o'clock on Tuesday will have Wisconsin at Michigan State. Big game for both teams. I think it's a bigger game for Michigan State, especially after losing uh, uh, mm-hmm. in blowout fashion at Rutgers last Saturday. At 7.30, we'll have Villanova, number 15 Villanova visiting St. John's. At 8 o'clock on ESPN tomorrow night, number 13 Illinois will travel to West Lafayette to face the number three number three ranked team in the nation to Purdue more baller makers. Another big test for Illinois in the state of Indiana. This is going to be a, uh, a revenge game from MLK day, which uh, those two teams played a classic double overtime game before Purdue won it in Champaign. This is be a, a big game for both teams, but this is going to be a bigger one for Illinois. Yeah, it should be a, this should be a fun one. And I, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, but this could definitely, this could probably end up being for control of the big 10. So yeah, yes, you know, yes. hopefully you know, we'll get a good one here. I know that uh, Illinois, yeah, Illinois, won, that, yeah. Illinois I, won that first mm-hmm. won that first matchup, so I know Purdue's going to want their revenge. Yeah, if you're Illinois, if you win this game, you put the regular season title away. All right. You we'll do. S- you do. We'll see. Okay. Okay. We'll if, see. If they I- win this, if they win this, there's no doubt about it, they're going to win the regular season title. We'll see. Uh, yeah. UCLA and Stanford at 10 o'clock on ESPN2. That's a makeup game. And also St. Mary's, you know, making their first appearance in the top 25, but they got a tough one against Santa Clara. I got to say the West Coast Conference, you know, they got, they've got they had some tough uh, – they got some good teams this year. So, like, like you know, it's been said, mentioned before, they could get three or four teams in the tournament this year. So, well, I mean, Gonzaga might probably take care of one. You know, they beat yeah. the BYU <laughs> pretty badly. But, but yeah, Santa Clara could probably maybe sneak up sticking there too, especially if they beat St. Mary's. So, it's a 10 o'clock mm-hmm. game on ESPNU. And wrapping up the Tuesday schedule in the top 25 at 10 o'clock on ESPN2, we have number 12, UCLA. Uh, the Bruins will travel to Stanford to take on the Cardinal. They're 14-8 and eight on the year. UCLA is 16-4. and four. Let's go to Wednesday's schedule at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Number 6, UCLA will take on SMU. At 6 o'clock on the Big Ten Network, Ohio State ranked number 16 in the country. They'll battle Rutgers, as we mentioned before. This is a bigger game for Rutgers. At 6 p.m. on FS1 for Wednesday, number 25, Xavier, the Musketeers will take on Seton Hall. That's a big conference uh, action right there. At 7 o'clock on the Big 12 Network, ESPN Plus, number 10, Baylor will travel uh, t- uh, to play at Kansas State. The Wildcats at 7 o'clock. 
at eight o'clock on ESPNU, number nine, Texas Tech, the Red Raiders will travel to Oklahoma to take on the Sooners. Uh, I don't think they're going to make the tournament Porter Moses' first year there, but we'll see. There'll be a big win for Oklahoma should they get it. And at 8 o'clock on ESPN2, number 19, the Tennessee Volunteers at 16-6 and six will travel to Mississippi State to take on the Bulldogs. Mississippi State is at 14-8 and eight on a year. Going back to that Houston-SMU game, SMU is kind of like right there in the bubble line right now. So if they can beat Houston, you know that should definitely help with their bubble chances. So that should be... That's big. That's bigger for them than it is for Houston. But I'm sure Houston, you know, they're undefeated right now in the Americans. So I'm sure they're going to want to, you know, I'm sure Kelvin Sands will try to have his guys ready for that one. Georgetown and DePaul, that's at 8 o'clock on FS1. Both teams are struggling right now. So we'll see what happens there. At 8 o'clock on the ACC network, you know, you got Pittsburgh and Florida State. Florida State's been after you know they're kind of like doing what you know what Brooklyn did you know they're in the NBA mm-hmm. they they were they were like at the top of the ACC but then they've you know, they've struggled had their struggles lately so they're kind of falling back to earth too so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens there and uh, that's your well and uh, Loyal is uh, playing Bradley so I'm sure you can find that locally somewhere um, you know that, that's your schedule for Wednesday. And let's wrap up the schedule for the week by going to Thursday's action in top 25. At 7 o'clock on the ACC Network, number 7, Duke, will take on Clemson. At 7.30 on ESPN+, Plus. number 23, Murray State will battle Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. At 8 o'clock, we have number 2, Gonzaga. The Bulldogs will, will face off against Pacific in the Great Northwest. At 8 p.m. on ESPN, we have number 3, Purdue, traveling to to Michigan, Michigan. to take on the River Rings. Uh, Michigan can... Uh, this could be a good time uh, catch at Purdue because Purdue would have played Illinois the uh, two days before. So Michigan could catch Purdue in a bad mood. We shall see. It, also at 8 o'clock on FS1, number four, Arizona will travel to Washington State to take on the Cougars. Arizona 19-2, and two, Washington State 14-7. and seven. And then at 8 o'clock, number 22, St. Mary's will face San Diego. And Arizona State will uh, play Washington at 10 o'clock on FS1 to finish up that you know, the Pac-12 slate, and uh, yeah, that's your schedule. Uh, San Diego, uh, me and St. Mary's, we'll see how St. Mary's are when we have their earlier game against Santa Clara. We'll see what mood they'll be in. And uh, Murray State, I mean, look, I think this is the first time, I think, and I think, like, I'm trying to remember the last time Murray State was uh, ranked, but yeah, they've looked really good. I mean, they were actually supposed to finish, like, the, like third or fourth in the mm-hmm. Ohio Valley. You know, I think, you know, Belmont um, was supposed to be the king in that conference this year, but look, they've looked really good, Murray State, and Mm-hmm. Um, they they're facing Tennessee State, you know, the first time in a long time as a ranked team. They're twelve and zero in the conference right now, so I'm, I'm glad that they're getting some love nationally. Yeah, and that's your week uh, in college basketball schedule wise. Looking, I'll give you the floor. We have less than a couple of minutes left before we break for the bottom of the hour. What teams should fans look out for who are on the bubble line, or who, are, according to Joe Lenardi or some of these other? Jerry Palm, some of these other bracketologist experts, or some of other underrated teams that people are not talking about that are on that bubble line that should, we should be watching out for as they um, these teams make their march to trying to plead their case to get into the tournament. Well, and I think you know, we mentioned on Friday the West Coast Conference um, teams like St. Mary's, they'll, they'll probably get into it depending on, especially if they get if they get into you know, as long as they get into the uh, the final, whether they face Gonzaga or whoever. They could probably, you know, maybe sneak in there and you know, perhaps get in there as well. Um, Arkansas, I think, could be maybe. I know Florida. Florida had a nice win too, 
um, in you know a couple of days ago. You know, they actually have beaten they actually beat LSU a couple of weeks ago. So I think that helps their cause a little bit. I know they've kind of been up and down. I know they lost one of their top players earlier this year due to injury. Uh, let's see, a whole lot. Maybe Mississippi State, that team you talked about, Sid. So could they perhaps maybe maybe sneak in there and maybe you'll know, get into the tournament? They need a couple of wins too. Um, you know, Syracuse, you know, I know the Bayheim brothers. I know he actually, you know, Jim Bayheim actually admit that's the only reason why he's still there because we can coach his son. So that's the whole reason why he's still there. Um, you know, Wake Forest, I know they're I know their resume doesn't look too good right now. Although they beat they did beat Georgia, they beat North Carolina, so that should probably help their cause a little bit. Um, Boise State, you know, the West Coast, I mean, the Mountain West, I should say, uh, they've looked really good at this point. They've beaten San Diego State. They've beaten Utah State. So those other teams are kind of battling out. Also, New Mexico as well. That's where Richard Patino is. Also, too, Jamal Mashburn's junior. Jamal Mashburn's son actually plays for him, too. So, you know, nice little uh, nice little intertwining there. So they, they've got the wins. Will that be enough unless without them you know, mm-hmm. winning the tournament? I don't know. But, yeah, those are just some of the teams to watch for bubble-wise. And we're probably going to be doing this too occasionally too, so make sure to look out for the bubble mm-hmm. watch. <laughs> yes, we'll have our own version of the bubble watch uh, leading up to these conference tournaments and through the conference tournaments as well as they kick off uh, early next month. Lakina, we have to um, break and break for a good cause because we got to rev it up for our last segment of the show. As you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, we are live in the Living Color Sports Zone, Chicago. Sid and Lakina are here with you. When we return, we we have a, a one or two more new hirings in the National Football League as far as head coaches are concerned. We have news on the Chicago Cubs, and we have a whole lot more fun to wrap up today's show. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You listen to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. In a matchup of two of the top teams in the NBA's Eastern Conference, the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Bulls on Sunday, 119 to 108 the final. Chicago drops to 33 and 20, their half game out of first place in the East. DeMar DeRozan with a career best 45 points, he added nine rebounds and seven assists. Nikola Vukovic with 23 points. Joel Embiid led the way for the Sixers, 40 points, 10 rebounds. Philadelphia is a game and a half out of first. The Bulls right back at it tonight, seven o'clock tip off at United Center against Phoenix. The Suns lead the Western Conference by two and a half games over Golden State. The second half of the NHL season starts on Wednesday for the Blackhawks when they visit Edmonton. Chicago went into the break winless in three. New Bears head coach Matt Eberflus rounding out his coaching staff. Richard Hightower announced as special teams coordinator on Sunday. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hey team, it's a full house. We gotta pick up the pace. At Hank's restaurant, the line goes around the block. Is this for 12? Okay, I need the truffle oil drizzle. What he needs is another line cook. Oh man. Are the quail breasts still in the sous vide? Dave, can you keep an eye on that, please? Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need indeed. 
Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina McGee is she. Sydney Brown is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. Lakina, before we get to some news about the Chicago Cubs that broke over the weekend, we have some news as far as the NFL head coaching search uh the miami Dolphins has, uh, has hired their new man the houston texas may be on the verge of hiring a, a new guy at the helm as well which who was involved at one time with the chicago bears tells about these new hirings yeah uh the one person that they hired first is a one mr 38 year old mike mcdaniel now if the name sounds familiar he's the you know he was a dc with the san francisco 49ers and his his background is very interesting he went to yale he is mixed race, so he divides. He's a, he identifies himself as mixed race. You know, his father, he's black on his father's side, and yeah, and I think he, you know, he, he's a new, he's OC, or I should say, he's not the defense. He's the mm-hmm. offense coordinator for the 49ers. and you know, it's a sort of one of those really cool, you know, stories where you know he's got that, you know, he doesn't look like he doesn't look like a guy that probably could coach in the NFL. He's only five nine, but yet his, you know, his if you look at his background, it's very interesting. You know, he. He's known, uh, you know, Kyle and uh, his dad, Mike, for a long time and some of the other sort of cool, you know, interesting, you know, facts about him. And it, it's sort of interesting, too, because I guess, you know, he's definitely sort of like the, you know, Rick Ross. A lot of people probably compared him as logic, you know, you know, guys are you know, logic and such. So it's sort of a core. It's sort of silly. But, yeah, he is the first you know, guy of color, because if you see government wise, you have an ounce of black and you, you are black considered. So. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, you know, I think this is the right fit and we'll see if he can develop to us. I think that's been the, the sort of like the most important thing. Also, they have a young uh, wide receiver named Jalen Waddle and mm-hmm. he, yeah, from Alabama. He's going to be good as well. Hopefully, uh, like you said, they all starts with the development of uh, Tua. And you know that uh, many people around the organization are have mixed reviews about Tua. Next year is going to be key for him going into year three of his tenure down there in South Beach, Florida. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so it should be this. Should, this might be a good fit. I mean, I think this might be a good hire. So we'll see what happens. You know, some people, you know, are kind of had their you know issues. I mean, their jokes. We won't get into that. I think the people are just silly. But, you know, that's a whole nother story. But yeah, the the Houston, Texas has kind of taken a turn. I think, you know, the word was that Josh McCown was supposed to have gotten that job. But after what happened, you know, look, you know, look, you see, you know, a lot, you know, look, his grandson is Mexican and black. Oh, see, Armando, see, you, you proved my point that so, you know, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being biracial. So, you know, that's, you know, on that front. But yeah, I mean, you know, as far as you know, the Texans, a lot of people thought that maybe Josh McCown was going to get the job, but now it looks like it could be Levy Smith, who was defensive coordinator there. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like this is sort of one of those instances where, you know, the NFL got called out. And, you know, Roger Goodell, you know, came out and said, yes, it is flawed, the the the, the hiring practices with minority coaching. So, hey, yeah, the last, you know, the you know, two of the last three uh, coaching hires, let's give it to the, the, you know, two black guys. I mean, 
you know, in, in that in that sense. So one biracial and you know mm -hmm. the other black. And look, we know you know Lovey Smith, you know, what he did here in Chicago. I feel like this is sort of another one though, this could be a David Coley kind of thing where he's only there to kind of like keep the you know, clean things up. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know what's going on in Houston right now, but uh, you, you tell me. I was getting ready to say, remember, he got hired by the University of Illinois a few years ago after what happened down there in Tampa. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like the same situation. We all know that he's not going to coach Deshaun Watson. Mr. Watson is going to play somewhere else next year. Will uh, Deshaun be suspended for four games, six games, half a season, even though he set out this past season? Who knows? But I'm with you, Lakina. Uh, good luck to Mr. Smith if he gets that job. But I think he's in a, uh, in my opinion, in a no-win situation. He didn't ask for it. I know he has way more experience being the head coach than Mr. Cully did, uh, uh, when he, no, who's now the ex-coach of the Texans. But uh, uh, let's be fair. Will Lovey Smith get all the tools that he needs to be successful down there? Mm -hmm. That's going to be the main question. Yeah, and that's going to be sort of the thing. I mean, you know, Davis Mills looked really good. You know, he had his moments, but you know, I wonder, is he going to be the answer? You know, long term, mm -hmm. that's the, that's really going to be kind of like the number one thing. And I think also to the defense, I mean, you know, merciless, they trade away merciless. You know, a lot of those mm -hmm. defensive guys, you're know, like JJ Watt, they're all gone. So yep. who's there on defense? That's sort of that's, you know, uh, Coach Smith's bed, bread and butter. So gonna be interesting to see what, what he does. But yeah, I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah, but. like I said, their roster is still in, in need of a major overhaul. They they got rid of the aging, uh, injured veterans, as you mentioned, Lakina. They still have some work to do, and we'll see what they do uh, in the upcoming NFL draft. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in 11 Colors City. Lakina here with you. Lakina, even though baseball is still technically in a lockout, there's some teams that, that have made some news. Uh, one of them resides right here in Chicago, and that's the Chicago Cubs. Uh, this headline comes to our good friends from Awful Announcing. The Cubs in Sinclair, which owns 50% of the marquee sports network, the other half is the Cubs. They want to offer direct-to-consumer streaming services against MLB wishes. MLB has their own plan, direct streaming service, setting up a weirdly confrontational relationship between the league and the media company. The Chicago Cubs have a working partnership with Sinclair and chosen a controversial media company to launch their marquee sports network. Now Sinclair and the Cubs are reportedly partnering on another venture, large, launching a direct-to-consumer streaming service available without an existing provider. The over-the-top service, though, faces pushback for MLB itself. It's setting up a confrontation that will, could reveal which way MLB is leaning on launching their own plan, direct streaming service. The New York Post's Josh Kozman reported the planned maneuver from St. Clair and the Cubs, including the note that the preliminary price for the service fee is $18 per month. The $18 per month fee will be a very high price, of course, just for one team. When nine in the middle of a lockout uh, stemming from the uh, rampant greed of ownership, MLB does provide a lot of hours of inventory per month, of course, but $18 a month is nearly a third of current monthly subscription to a streaming television provider. Surely there's a market for people who have kept their linear carriers, just have uh, legal assets to marquee, and for them, stepping down to something like a YouTube TV plus Cub streaming service will present will represent a net savings. Lakina, 
Hmm. We we talked about this before when the Cubs did this a couple of years ago, taking their games off of NBC Sports Chicago and then, of course, the remaining free over-the-air games off of WGN before they made this move two years ago to Marquee Sports Network. Of course, the Cubs want to own their own content, which they do now. But you think that this should have been done long long time ago. Let me give – and I think the reason why they're doing this is because – we talked about also about this before with the MLB TV package. If mm -hmm. you you know the uh, you have a lot of Cubs fans across the country, you yes. have a, a lot of them, especially in the state of Iowa. Yep. And Iowa is restricted. If you have MLB TV, you're restricted mm -hmm. from watching these five teams: the Minnesota Twins, Milwaukee Brewers, both the Chicago teams, Cubs and White Sox, and the Kansas City Royals. If you had this uh, streaming service. Uh, for the Cubs to uh, pay for fans to pay directly to watch the Cub games for eighteen dollars a month, that's going to change everything. Especially if you live in the state of Iowa. Well, it's one of those things where Sid, I think you said it. I, I you know, eighteen dollars though, and I think this is for people who are wondering what this is. This is going to mean more for the core cutters, and there are a lot of them out there, especially in those areas, like you said. Like, uh, like Iowa, like maybe the the Dakotas, where you know Kansas, Nebraska, those areas where you got you know Cubs fans, but you know maybe you can't get the marquee network in your area, or maybe you can't watch the you know various Cubs games, you know especially when you know they're open nationally. So I like the idea, and I can see why you know MLB is you know a little you know resistant about it since you know you know like having one team you know have you know exclusive you know content. You know, are you gonna pay? Are you gonna pay eighteen dollars? The folks in those states that I've mentioned and a few others, are you gonna pay eighteen bucks for just to get Cubs games? And I think that's gonna be the thing, especially with you know you got like you said, like we've been saying, you know, you got millions of cord cutters now. I think maybe this will this will probably be good for them. Maybe you know YouTube TV probably doesn't have that kind of thing, and also all these other streaming services too. I know Hulu has a live sports stream, but from what I've read. You really can't get the Cubs games. You can't get really a lot of the baseball games. I, 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 from what I've read, so you know maybe this is a nice option for them. Now, will this will teams other teams you know follow suit? Will the Dodgers or the Yankees? You know, will other teams you know the other especially the big market teams follow suit? You know, perhaps especially if this gets more revenue for them, maybe that's why maybe MLB is probably resistant to that. But who knows? Are there people out there going to pay eighteen bucks a month for you know just to get Cubs games? The answer, there actually are people out there that are going to do it. Yeah, you mentioned those other streaming services like Hulu and Netflix and other streaming services. Um, I think Fobo or how you pr pronounce well, it. You know what I'm... It's it's Fubo TV. Fubo, Fubo, yeah, Fubo, Fubo yeah. yeah. Something like that. And, yeah. and you don't get all your uh, regional sports channels, let alone barely the national sports channels. So I think this mm -hmm. would be great for those people uh, that have those streaming services or they don't have cable at all. And this will be great. I know there was a story out there about a week or two ago about NBC Sports playing on doing this same type of service as well with yep. with their with their with their regional networks, including NBC Sports here in Chicago. But of course, all the uh, Bulls, Blackhawks, and White Sox games can be seen on NBC Sports Chicago exclusively. None has been that way for the last couple of years. So mm -hmm. if this makes more revenue, I think all these regional sports networks are going to go ahead and, and do that. And I know these uh, big time cable companies like Xfinity, uh, uh -huh. they don't want to be left out in the cold. But we said this before, like, you know, people want and need options to watch their mm -hmm. games. The way that we are watching games is constantly changing. We got to adapt to the new world. Yeah. And I, and I, look, I, I can, like I said, I get why MLB is resistant to this because I think, you know, 
But again, like we've been saying, you can't get a lot of those Cubs games and even White Sox games. You know, you got people who live throughout the Midwest who are Cubs fans, especially who can't get those marquee mm-hmm. games and you know, can't get those other games, you know, nationally. And like I mentioned, you know, you know Hulu Live Sports, YouTube TV, and mm-hmm. you, you, you know, those things are limited. So, and there's usually blacked yep. out in those areas too. So, you know, maybe this is a nice option. You know, look, this is still in the planning stage, folks. Nothing's official yet because I got to go through a lot. But especially since, you know, MLB is still in the lockout right now. So that's another thing. But, yeah, yeah it, it's sort of like, you know, I'm not going to pay $18 for it. I know you're not either, Sid, you know, even if this was a White Sox thing. But I think this would be for the cord cutters who probably have, you know, the Fubo TV and, you know, Samsung TV Plus and those type of things where, you know, you probably get those, you know, free TV packages and you maybe don't, they just don't have the sports for you. This is sort of an extra thing where to pay. You only got to pay 18 bucks for it plus tax. Yeah. I, I, I'm i with you, Lakina. I I have Xfinity, Xfinity. So, of course, I uh, automatically get NBC Sports Chicago and, of course, the Marquee Sports Network. So, I'm good there. But if, if I was the core cut it, Lakina, uh, this would not be bad for me. Will I pay $18 for it, though? I'm not so sure. Now, $12 or $15? Maybe. But Almost twenty dollars. You had considered the taxes in your city, in your state as well, plus any other fees that could mm-hmm. jump up the price even more. That's really a big issue with a lot of people, especially if you're a cord cutter. So I I understand that. Would I pay for the service if I didn't have uh, cable? I would, but the price the the price is still how much it is is still kind of you know in question for me. I wouldn't pay too much for that muffler, but you know, the, especially with uh, uh, with the situation we've been going through as a society over the last two years with this pandemic, you know, these companies had to make out that money some kind of way. Yeah. And I think, look, are there going to be, I think there are going to be people that are going to be willing to pay 18 bucks, not a mm-hmm. lot, but, and I don't think this is going to be like, you know, the final price. I think, I think that's just a numbers being thrown around. Mm-hmm. I think it might go, it might go into 11 to 12, 11 to $13 range. Like you said, Sid, because eight, no one's gonna pay eighteen bucks just to watch Cubs games. They're not. That's only six months out of the year. Yeah, they're not gonna do that. Especially what's what's gonna happen? You know, it's gonna be for six months. That's three dollars a month mm-hmm. for for games. Especially if they end up, you know, going to the playoffs or whatever. I mean, look, I I, I get that they're trying to uh, make up for their revenue, but this could be the way to do it. But I think they may have to make some changes too. And yeah. I think one of the big changes is gonna be that price. Yeah, and let's just say it's twenty dollars a month. That's that's twenty times six. And make sure my math is correct, Lakina. I'm not on the Google. That's one hundred twenty dollars a year. Yep. One hundred twenty dollars exactly a year. Would you willing yep. to pay that for the entire yes. year? And uh, you know, for the entire season for six months. I don't think the MLB uh, TV package is that much. I don't no. think. I don't know how much it is per year, but, either, but yeah. But uh, maybe some folks will willing to pay that. Uh, price for year uh, per season. We'll see what happens. Armando Lara Jr. chimes in again. I know my son will definitely pay to watch the Cubs. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Right now, what it's not a good product, Armando? but I know. I know you wouldn't, Armando. But yeah, would you? Yeah, I know you're. You're. Uh, would you pay to say, see your? Your. I don't know if you're. I forgot. I, forgot, I think you said. I don't know if you said whether or not you was a Cub or a White Sox fan. But mm-hmm. would you pay if you were a cord cutter? Would you pay twenty bucks a month for your? You know, to watch your favorite team, you know, just for half out of the year. I mean, that that's a lot. And that, I don't I, no, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, that, they, like I said, that price was lower between 10 and perhaps 15, maybe, but $20. No, not me anyway. Well, and I think that's probably gonna be I think it's gonna be the final price. I don't I think they know that people aren't gonna pay 18 bucks or maybe they will, who knows? But yeah, I, I feel mm-hmm. like you know, 
I, I understand the idea of it, but I kind of feel like maybe the execution of this. I think they will kind of do away with the um, with the price. I think they're going to set the price down a little bit. I think because you know, twenty bucks, especially you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic still. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Is yeah, this, if you're a it, Cubs fan, uh, would you are, would you be willing to pay eighteen dollars for an exclusive streaming service to watch Cub games? Uh, for the entire season, let us know on uh, on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Lakina will get your answers up uh, on the screen for and you. Armando, and Armando's probably got you know his son's your son's his son's probably like in his early twenties. So I'm sure I'm sure you know, you know folks his age group probably will be willing. I'm sure he's probably a cord cutter too. So I'm sure he's yeah. probably going to be willing to you know pay the eighteen bucks. You know eighteen bucks like that's a little bit much, a little steep, but definitely in the eleven to like the ten to fifteen range. Yeah, but. Yeah, 18 bucks. I'm sure they're going to do away with the price. So I think they're going to adjust it. Yeah, so we'll see what happens uh, uh, with this. Will other teams follow? Uh, will uh, regional networks fo- follow the, uh, this uh, with this plane? Wish you see what happens. Uh, Marnold chimes in again. I am a core cutter from two $249 a month to 50 bucks a, a, a month now. That, that, that's a yeah. good choice, Armando. I, I, that's smart. And, Very smart. Yeah, <laughs> and I get it. I get it. Totally. And uh, I, I said this to a couple of people. I think I said this to you, Lakina. I, I still have, have Xfinity, and, uh, and because of the internet, I, I'm forced to have the cable company uh, to, to pay for cable, but if it wasn't for um, their internet service, Lakina, I would have been a core cut a long time ago. I know cable TV, especially with the basic package, package you are forced to um, uh, pay for it. Yeah. I, I know if you want the other sports channels and, and things along the line, other packages, you have to pay extra. But it's, it's now become required over the last few years. To, you you got to have at least basic cable because all the programming, uh, uh, special programming is on these main channels like ESPN and NBC Sports Chicago. I know Hulu and these Netflix, all these Netflix, other streaming services Prime. that popped up over the last few years and, and some shows exclusively gone to those uh, uh, streaming services. But it's almost become a requirement to have cable now. Uh, if you don't have the actual cable box, <laughs> you have to go to one of these streaming services. As we said before, all these uh, streaming services don't have uh, these national sports channels, let alone your local regional sports networks. Yeah, and I think that's sort of you know the thing. And I and I look, I get why what people you know Armando and others like him who feel that you know maybe you know get rid of the cord cutter, get rid of the cord, and you know pay a lot less for cable and satellite and stuff like that. And and look, I think people need options now. And I think look, mm-hmm. eighteen bucks though, that's a little bit steep, but. That's just as much as a place. cheap ticket uh, in a ballpark. And I right. know the Cubs have the third highest. I still believe they have the third highest ticket price uh, uh, in MLB next to the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. Like I said, I went to the Cubs-Sox series last year. It was $45 in the first level, so I got off lucky there. But to take a family of four to Wrigley Field, you had to sit up in the upper deck still. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. So that's just that's as much as a ticket in the upper deck. Exactly. And uh, you wonder, though, is it going to go? Should the Cubs do this? You know, they'll be able to do this. Will other teams, like I said, will other teams follow suit? Will, like I said, will the Dodgers, um, you know, will the Dodgers, will the, the Yankees and other big market teams, you know, will they follow suit and do this? So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. This story is a long way from being finished. So we'll keep any, we'll keep, uh, uh Keep you guys up with any uh, breaking news regarding this issue because it's a long way from being over. You know, of course, keep it right here on Sports on Chicago. 
with Second City Sports. Lakina, uh, we have a few minutes left in the show. I know this is Black History Month. Uh, and uh, we usually uh, switch up things to uh, keep you guys interested. Remember, we were talking about the Janet Jackson documentary last week, Lakina, and I busted out uh, the record from Big Mama's Crates. It's technically not mine now since she's passed away and it's still in my possession. I found this uh, digging in the crates for, uh, to, uh, for today, Lakina. If you want to look up, this is uh, mm -hmm. Teddy Pendergrass. Of course, he ah. passed away in 2010. This is, I believe, his third solo album. This yep. came out back in 1979. Uh, he's one of the best R&B singers to ever do it. Of course, we all grew up on his music one way or the other. Lakina listening to uh, radio stations like WGZIV 103 here in Chicago. Of course, uh, Showtime did that documentary about yep. him a few years ago. If you guys haven't seen it, check it out. I believe it's on YouTube as well. But listen to some of the songs that was on this album. Come Go With Me, Turn Off The Lights, Light yes. A Candle, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll Never See Heaven Again, All I Need Is You, if you know, I like, like I know, do me. That's another famous dance track for mm -hmm. you, those of you in Chicago. A true house has, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Set me free and life is a circle. And the album was produced by the legendary producers, Kenny Gabble and Leon Huff from Philly International Records. So Teddy Pendergrass is the record for today as we celebrate Black History Month. Maybe I'll do it again in future episodes, Lakina, but this is what I found in the crate today. Well, and some of those songs you mentioned, Sid, I think a lot of, you know, kids you know, born, that were born in the 80s and even some parts of the 90s were probably conceived, you know, during those, you know, with those songs, you know, for their parents. So I think that that's going to be, you know, but yeah, yeah. One, another one of those, you know, great artists, you know, that we lost way too soon. Of course, you know, he came, you know, he's, you know he had a horrible car accident mm -hmm. and he was able to kind of bounce, he was able to bounce back and write and produce, you know, you know, various songs, like you mentioned in those albums and you know, it's definitely uh, Teddy Pendergrass. I've always felt was very underrated. So, you know, yeah. R.I.P. Continue R.I.P. to Mr. Pendergrass. And, yes. You know, yes. We, we should probably do at least like all, every week, at least once once a show. You know, during Black History Month, I feel like. Yeah. 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 So we'll put in a suggestion box and we we'll see what we can come up with. So the Teddy Pendergrass, the album that I pulled out of Big Mama's Crate today. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a few minutes left. You're listening to Second City Sports Live and in Living Color on the Monday edition. Right here on Sports on Chicago City, Lakina here with you. Lakina, uh, let's wrap up today's show. We're going back to our main topic, uh, which is the worst all-star game, hockey, baseball, basketball, or football. I said football. Uh, I don't know what uh, what uh, you what league you said, Lakina, but uh, here's Armando again. Barry White. Uh, if I can find a Barry <laughs> White album, I will definitely pull it out, Armando. Barry White, we lost him too soon as well. He died, I believe, in 2008. Three, I believe so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Barry White. Yeah, also, I wanted to mention real quick uh, Teddy Pendergrass and Amanda uh, brought up Barry White. Um, they were part of the hip hop movement, uh, directly and indirectly, with hip hop artists sampling many of their yep. songs. So, uh, people are not just our generation, but younger generations generations that uh, their favorite artists are uh, sampling old songs. They definitely sampled Barry White and Teddy Pendergrass mm -hmm. as well. So their, their music lives on now. It'll live on forever. But, but back to our main topic, which um, All-Star Game is the, uh, in, is the worst in your opinion. Go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube, getting your uh, answers uh, since we have less than five minutes left. Lakina, uh, as I told you, this was a YouTube weekend for yours truly because I couldn't bear watching the Pro Bowl mm -hmm. or I, I sure as hell didn't give a damn about that NHL All-Star Game. Remember back in the 90s where the NBA All-Star Weekends were expanded, especially television-wise? Mm -hmm. Remember yep. what aired on every Saturday morning during All-Star Weekend? 
the NBA Stay in School Stay in Celebrations. School celebration. Yep. Yeah, uh, they got a few of those episodes on YouTube. I remember recording them every year. And I watched uh, the, the one from 92 and the one from 93. Of course, the 92 All-Star Weekend was in Orlando. The 93 All-Star Weekend was in Utah. Of course, Utah will get it next year for 2023. Check out some of these names that were on their program. Besides the mm -hmm. NBA Inside stuff, hosting my Rashad Willow Bay, Kid and Play, ah. Mayim Bialik. Now she's hosting college tournaments on Jeopardy, Jeopardy on ABC. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Jaleel White, a.k.a. Steve Burkle from Family Matters. Mm. Hammer was on there. Will oh, Smith, you know, his TV show was taking off at that time. Uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. The late Heavy D was on there. Mm -hmm. um, you had a, a Saved by the Bell, the original Saved by the Bell cast doing a PSA featuring a one-time L.A. Clipper before he was traded to the Knicks that offseason, Charles Smith. Oh, I remember uh, that. Uh, PSA. Do you remember that PSA? Yes. Um, uh, uh, of course, I saw it last night. You can watch it on YouTube, folks. Uh, Zach Morris said, we always have this rule about uh, after the bell rings, it's a 10-second rule. If the teacher doesn't come in, we all get to walk out of the class. Of course, Screech, RIP Screech, the late Dust of Diamond was part of that mm -hmm. skit as well. Of course, Charles Smith came in and said, sit your butts down. And you know, talking <laughs> about uh, staying in school and not cutting classes and things along that line. Yep. So that skit was <laughs> yep. great. Oh, yes. They also featured... Uh, um, t various uh, actors from the TV shows from BET, Teen yeah. Summit to be exact, mm -hmm. and Nickelodeon. Of course, it was broadcasted on Nickelodeon, TNT, BET, of course, NBC. Yep. Um, who else was on there? Um, Paul Abdul was on there teaching uh -huh. Mitch Richmond, Carmelo, and Tim Harray <laughs> to dance. And that was uh, the dance, 93 yeah, one that. in Utah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was like, Paul Abdul is still relevant, but she can still move as fast back then. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty funny. And look, it's too bad they don't do those those specials anymore because I think they like, don't. Especially, yeah, especially in today's society, I think you know they can you know today's kids can benefit from yes. some of those specials. So I don't know why that they stopped doing that, but I guess maybe it was an NBA thing or a network thing. Maybe I don't know, but I think ESPN would definitely benefit.